Single dad, why you mad? Single dad, why you mad? Single dad, why are you mad? Single dad, why 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 you mad? Good morning, gentlemen. What's going on, guys? Another day. I'm alive. That's a step in the right direction. Uh, so everybody's on time. Isn't that nice? <laughs> yes, Mr. Punctuality. <laughs> All right. So, um, the first thing I always say is uh, welcome back to another episode of Single Dad, Why You Mad? And uh, today, all dads, right? Three dads, no moms today. It's been a hot minute. So, uh, um, as much as we'd like the women to tune in, um, if you can't stand it this time, <laughs> get out now. <laughs> um, so, Let's get started first with uh, um, how our weeks are, Clark. Yeah, the the week has been crazy, man. The week has been crazy. You, you know, as we're recording this, you know, we are smack dab in the middle of of coronavirus pandemonium pandemic. Um. So, just from a global like macro standpoint like you look at what's going on with the stock market you look at what's going on with going into the store at eight o'clock in the morning and all the shelves are empty no toilet paper no pasta no water i have no idea what's going on with the stock market what is going on oh dude so we are uh we are experiencing a down well we're experiencing what's called volatility so a lot of up and down very quickly uh in a short period of time so uh to give an example like if the stock market drops 7% during the course of a day, they'll pause trading for 15 minutes. If it drops again, 13%, they'll pause trading for another 15 minutes to give people time to stop panicking to calm down. If it drops, uh, I believe it's 20%, a third time during the course of the day, they just send everybody home. They close the stock markets for the day. We haven't hit that 20% mark, but we've hit the 15% mark on the downside and on the upside, where before trading even began, it looked like it was going to rally up incredibly quickly. And so they, put, they delayed the opening. Basically, people are freaking out. And then you look at it from a daddying standpoint, and... My oldest daughter, her college closed down. So they were planning on moving to a virtual teaching model. They're going on spring break next week. And then coming back from spring break, they were going to go to a virtual teaching model. So everything's going to be online. And then they sent out another note like, ah, yeah, nah, we're clearing out the campus today because somebody on campus may have been exposed to the virus and we're not risking it spreading. Um, the elementary schools and the middle schools, like all the towns in the area, they shut down school until further notice. So kids will be, you know, taking lessons on Google Classroom. So it, it's, it's been nuts. You know, my kids are happy because they're like, screw it, I just don't have to go to school when I get to hang out, <laughs> you know, but 
you know, the, the world is, the world is absolutely feeling the impact of this shit right now. So, um, for me, uh, my kid, uh, is in preschool. And, uh, um, his mom called me, uh, last week to say that she wanted to, uh, well, how did I feel about school? And I said, you know, um, I'm not at the point yet where I feel like, you know, we need to take him out of school. Um, and she said, okay. And then uh, yesterday she changed her mind and she said she's pulling him out. Um, and I said, as long as you're willing to stay home with him every day, you know, that's fine with me. And, uh, you know, she didn't acknowledge that, but uh, we'll see what happens on Monday. Yeah, I, I kind of take for granted the fact that my kids are that age now. You know, you'll you you you'll get there and you're going to breathe a sigh of relief. Really, when you no longer have to pay for daycare and they can sit at home by themselves and, you know, not get into any dire trouble. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it does lift a heavy weight off your shoulders. Though. So, um, we have a guest today. We're going to allow him to introduce himself as he see fit. And when you introduce yourself, you know, uh, you tell us as much as you want us or don't want us to know about you. Um, meaning, you know, uh, name, age, where you live, um, how many kids you got, um, how many baby mamas you got, uh, and, uh, you know, anything else like that. Sure. <clears throat> Thank you both for having me, by the way. I've been <clears throat> following along for uh, since you started, since your inception. Um, I love it. I um, do some networking with Clark, and uh, it's been great. My name's Scott, or Scotty. Um, I am from Connecticut and back living here again, um, back in my hometown, uh, 38 years old. And I have, I'm a father to one. She's a little girl, she's a cutie. She's 20 months old. Um, she's on that cusp right now, as you guys probably remember, when you start pairing words together, you know, small vocabulary, but st- start putting little two word phrases together. And then, it's, you know, every, every time I see her every, every other day, there's a few more words. She's learning things really, really, really fast. Um, like scary fast and that's yeah it's been pretty awesome so congrats you realize how we you realize how dumb you are yeah listen listen i've already realized that <laughs> listen uh the other day miles uh says to me uh daddy do you know all the planets and i said uh i think so why don't you tell them to me so he named them all off Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Earth. He named them in order. See, I can't do it right now. I'm not even going to attempt to do it right now. He named them in order. And then he stopped at, what is it, Uranus or whatever else it is, the, one of those, the eighth one out there. And I said, what about Pluto? And he said, Pluto is a dwarf planet. <laughs> Goddamn Neil deGrasse Tyson. Okay. <laughs> All right. Just Pluto is a dwarf planet. All right. Okay. There's another planet now too since we were kids. Yeah, there's, you know, they discovered. I don't even remember what the name of it was. I, I'm not going to sound very smart right now. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah so, get, get, um, get, and I asked him, who told you that, and he said me, as if he learned it all by himself. So you know, <laughs> I don't argue with him about it. If you know he feels like he learned it all on his own, congratulations. No, no credit. Yeah. He's three, so, right? Miles, he's four. 
Or, okay. Oh, he just cr- he just had a birthday. No, no, it, it's coming in. Uh, it's uh, the tenth of April. So okay. what do we got? One, two, three weeks away. Three weeks. Oh wow. Yeah, just a, a little over three weeks away, and uh, um, he's made it clear that he wants to have a um, uh, a planet birthday. That's really cool, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's that's really. Awesome. Yeah. You hope that's he, how it starts, man. You hope he holds up that and uh, ends up in outer space or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Or, uh, instead of uh, sitting behind in some dark alley looking up at the stars, you know, <laughs> uh, living out of a box. But we'll see, right? So, so I've got a um, a nightlight that you can that you plug it in, and there's uh, like four or five images that will shoot up onto the ceiling, and one of them is of the world, and another one is of the stars, and I also have another. I haven't actually used it, plugged it in yet. But it's this big box about the size of my head, probably. And you plug it in and it projects the solar system and the stars onto the ceiling. Um, oh, so might I actually. Look, yeah, yeah. I'm looking for something like that as for his birthday present um, because he said that's what he wants. So, yeah, those are probably good ideas. Yeah. I'll, I'll take a picture of it and send it to you yeah, later. Yeah, do that. Do box. Yeah. So, so um, go ahead. Clark. I was going to say, you know, every time we have a guest on, we like to start with asking the founding question. So, you know, you, you, you and I have had a, a couple of conversations about it, but I, and I, that's one of the major reasons I was like, yo, you got to share this story with the world, man. Scotty, how the fuck did you get here? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we might have to grab one of these for this conversation. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's a long winded story. Um, if you guys don't stop me if I'm talking too much, but, um, so I, I grew up here in Connecticut and um, moved away for college back in 99 and um, had no intention of ever moving back. I mean, my, my parents are here, my sister's here now. Um, I have some friends here, but you know, a little bit of a disconnect because I went away to private school for high school. So there wasn't too much bring, bring me back here. I had my life um, moved to, I uh, lived in a few different countries, including Japan and Belgium. I traveled to like 70 others and I was living in the Caribbean for the last for before I moved back here two years ago, I was living in the Virgin Islands for um, about four years, working and enjoying life at a different pace. Um, and um, so <laughs> around that time, back in 2017, if you guys remember, we had Hurricane Irma and Maria that slammed the shit out of us on uh, the little island I was living on. And um, they're 13 days apart, two catastrophic category five hurricanes. Um, classified higher than a category five because of the strength of the winds and um, tore us apart and three lived stayed and stuck it out and lived there for three months without electricity and another nine or 10 months after the hurricanes hit. And uh, during that time, about a month later after we reopened, we finally got our airport reopened. um, I had an opportunity to get off Island for a few days, come up here, back up here, visit my family for five days and go to my office in Boston, see some friends in Boston and run a fundraiser in Boston. And so I had recently, just before the hurricanes, reconnected with a girl that I grew up with in my hometown, kind of grew up with. She um, grew more so a few years behind me, grew up with some other younger people that I knew in the area. Um, But we had reconnected on social media and um, I told her I was coming to Boston. She, even though we grew up in Connecticut, she was living up there at the time. And we went out for a a few drinks and, you know, had a, a few nights of fun together. And I went back to my little island to continue. To, I was running 
um, logistics and starting a nonprofit and was um, doing a lot of aid and relief efforts down there. So I went back to continue with all of that and um, got a text message that we were having a baby. Um, and so that, that was the beginning of how I got here. And so, um, so um, did you have any reason to believe that you were not fertile? You know, I made jokes about it, and this is probably not the question you're asking, but um, she at first led me to believe that she was on birth control and later acknowledged that she was not. Um, so I was a little bit, you know, running around kind of confident that I had her, her super hurricane sperm. Um, but, <laughs> um, but no, I, I did not really have reason to believe. I had never been married um, and never tried. And so uh, it was, you know, I, I didn't know reason to believe either way. Um, so, so untested waters either way, and <laughs> you got your answer. Right. Oh, yeah. So I mean, I had a, I had a scare. I'm 38. So 20, 20 years ago, we had a little, uh, I had a, an incident with an ex. Um, so I knew that I was capable. Um, okay. But, but you thought she was on birth control. Right. Yeah. And, you know, she's getting her doctorate and tells me that she's on it. And I had, you know, six shots of tequila and five double IPAs and, uh, in an extended period of time and you know it'd been a little while I was going through a breakup so I was <laughs> we were equally equally mutually responsible for the beautiful beautiful daughter that we have yeah 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 no no I'm just trying to um you know just uh for the for the for the people who are listening because that's usually one of the first questions people ask you know um uh or when we get comments um well were they using protection you know but uh <laughs> obviously not right um uh, and how long, um, you know, were y'all uh, together for that limited amount of time? So we, so that was actually the first time we'd seen each other in 18 years. Um, she dated my best friend when we were kids, when we were teenagers. And so we had that connection, the hometown connection. And um, we spent, uh, I was up in, in Boston to run a fundraiser, go to my office. They had their eighth anniversary party. Um, the the company that I ran down in the, in the islands um, is based in Boston. And so, I had my days and my afternoons booked and planned with friends and colleagues. And then in the evenings I was going out for drinks and she joined us and it was great. We had a, a good time, but it was, you know, mutually understood that it was just a fun week. I was going back. Okay. So it was over and, a week. All right. Okay. No, it was, no, it was like three, three or four nights. Yeah. Over three or four nights. Okay. Yeah. All right. So uh, you head back uh, to the Island, you get the text message. Um, then what? Mm. So then, I freaked out because I still didn't have electricity back yet. The business that I owned, we had to shut down. The business that I was running, all of our clients put pause. The bar that I was bartending at on the, on the attached to a resort on the beach uh, was now in the ocean from the winds, it no longer existed. Um, I didn't know where my next paycheck was coming. I, um, I had only just started to help out with this, non, as a, took on a position as chief marketing officer for a brand new disaster related um, disaster relief related nonprofit, but, uh, you know, guaranteeing an income, but hadn't seen any money yet. So in my mind, I was, I was saying, you know, you know, every, everybody's, you're, you're, there's never the right time to have kids. If you're not planning, there's never the right time if you're not planning. But in my mind, I was saying, and I was using the excuse or the, the verbiage, it, if there's ever a wrong time, this is it. I don't have electricity. I don't know where my next paycheck's coming from. I don't know what I'm going to be doing. I don't know when my community's going to be back up and running. I, it, um, this isn't it. And so I freaked out and um, 
and in the end, um, we decided to to go forward, or or it was decided to go forward, and so well, that, I made, that wasn't a mutual um, decision. I mean, you, so it it was and it wasn't. I made it very clear that we had we had a few discussions about this, and I made it very clear that if this is something you want and you decide, um, then I, I will be a part of my child's life. There's no fucking way that I'm going to let a, a baby be raised that's my blood without me being involved and without my influence and, and, and care and love and nurture, nurturing. And, but I strongly feel that right now is not the time. And, um, and she decided to, and I was supportive of that decision from that moment. Um, on, we talked about, in fact, I living down there, she wanted to move down there without having visited, um, wanted to move and start, start a family. Um, that's weird. Um, and so in a place with no electricity, well, I mean, we got it back right, right around Thanksgiving. So I got, I was out without for 75 days, the rest of my friends and neighbors, probably about 90 days to 90 to 120 days. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, we were we didn't even know, I don't remember how far along that would have made, made the pregnancy. Um, but yeah, so, she, um, I mean, we knew everything would come back, be back up and running. I worked in tourism. I was connected with, because I was so actively involved with the relief and aid efforts. I, I had a, a fairly okay understanding of when things would pick back up. And, you know, I was in the grocery stores every other day. I could see that deliveries were coming in. I was helping out in, in with Crowley shipments from, um, those massive shipping containers. Yeah, um, we were running um, supply run efforts up here in the states, filling up containers in Miami and shipping them to to the island, um, and uh, and picking them up. The government was bringing supplies in, so I, I was kind of I could see that things had had been picked. It would have been fine mm -hmm. to, to move, and it wasn't. We weren't going to move down there before the birth because our hospital was all messed up. Um, but. Um, but you know the the idea was to move after, um, and this decision came actually that, that I believe before we even decided to date. We didn't agree to date until, I or maybe it was after. Um, but so this all happened in October of seventeen, and then I came back to Boston for a wedding the first weekend of November, so probably about three or four weeks after we found out, and um, I was back in town, and that's when the, the pressure was kind of applied that she didn't know how to tell her father that she needed a plan in place. And, um, you know, it, since we're attracted to each other enough to, to, to fool around, why not try dating? And I agreed, sure, for the sake of the baby, let's try it. Um, so, so there was three weeks, you said, in between the time you found out she was pregnant and the time y'all saw each other again? Two or three, yeah. Yeah, two or three weeks, yeah. What was that two or three weeks like for you? Scary. <laughs> I might have. I think I might have gone out drinking pretty heavy one the first night, but uh, I, I don't know. I worked it out at, at the gym. Um, talked to. I think I had one friend I was talking to about it. I, I couldn't tell my family. I didn't know how to yet. Um, I was just and, trying to work. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I'm trying to get to. You said you couldn't tell your family. Why not? I mean, I could have. It, it's not a religious thing, or, or at okay, least yeah. I. All right. All I, right. Nothing like that. Um, they're they're the most supportive parents I could ask for, and, and brother and sister. Absolutely. I just wasn't ready to talk it through with, with them. Okay. So it was just becoming a reality for you. Yeah. So well, you we, didn't know how to articulate it kind of. Yes. And that, and when you, if you do have a really close family, I think you understand and already know and expect what their response is going to be. And I just didn't want to fucking hear it. <laughs> <laughs> right.
And what did you think their response was going to be? Well, they all knew who she was. Um, so I don't, I think at the time, how did this happen maybe? Or are, are, are you excited? What are you going to do? And then I'm sure my father would have been, <laughs> how, how are you going to afford this? You don't have a job right now? Are you? So um, tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, your upbringing or your family. Like where, you know, were you, you said you, it wasn't religious, but uh, you know, mom and dad were in the house together until you're the youngest of. I'm the oldest of three. You're the oldest of three. Oldest, my 21 months below me is, is my brother and 10 and a half years below me is my sister. And all you guys grew up in the house together? All together, yep. Separate bedrooms, but um, parents together, they're still together. No divorce. Um, happy. Um, uh, worked from, parents kind of worked from home growing up, so they were around a lot. My father did travel a little bit when we were younger, but yeah, tight-knit family um, with, with a great support system. And then the normal, you know, normal shit with kids. You know, I, being the oldest boy, I was a little rebellious and kind of a troublemaker. And then my brother was a little bit of a troublemaker, but better in school. And then my sister was so far behind us both that she kind of paid, was able to pave her own way um, more easily. And, and of course, turned out to be the smartest of the three. And she's a doctor now. Uh, she had two people to learn from. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, is that the way you saw your future? Mom, dad, kids, house, separate bedrooms for the kids. Did you guys have a dog? We did. Yeah, I didn't see that. That's where you're going with this. That's that's great. A nice transition. <laughs> um, yeah, that's exactly how I imagined family. Uh, that's that's how I. I mean, so I envision family to be that that style of support system. However, I'm also very aware and very supportive of today's modern day and age, and it's not necessary. Uh, society is so much more accepting now than 25, 35 years ago. And I, I don't think marriage is necessary to raise a happy, uh, connected family. Um, you know, there, if, as long as there's compromise and love and support, can do it from 10 miles away, 20 miles away. I, I mean, referring to the parents' um, mm -hmm. situation. Um, but yes, that is how I did envision it. I always planned, you know, I will get married and then have kids. That was the, the mindset and that I had been working on actually with an ex um, when, when me and baby mama conceived, I was on a break, a short break with the woman I thought I was going to marry. And so uh, that made it a little bit harder too. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, How that, did you break the news to her? That okay. was my question. <laughs> <laughs> so um, in a very bad way, really bad actually. Um, but so we date, me and baby mama tried dating. It lasted, we broke up, I broke up with her. I ended about three times, mo mostly at first because it was just so much pressure to build this relationship around co-parenting when I didn't even know where my next paycheck was gonna come from. But then there were some personality differences um, that I, I couldn't see myself getting around. And so, um, but during that six weeks, um, I kept bumping because it was a small island I was living on, man, 13 by four, 55,000 population. And, um, you know, I was bumping into my ex every morning after the gym. One of the only places that had internet and power um, was a cafe that I was going to um, to to work on the nonprofit. And my ex kept coming in after her, her gym workouts, sitting at the table across from me like four days a week. And so then we bumped into each other at the bar a few times. And everybody knows everybody. Everybody's up in your shit, too. But not, not necessarily in a bad way, because everybody is in the same boat. So you kind of respect each other a little bit. But... 
with that respect also you just know about everything that everybody else is doing um it's like a little high i imagine what a what a public high school was like it's kind of like this island so um one night um at one of the bars you know i still love love her loved her at the time still shit i probably still love her now um in just in a different way and uh get I bumped into her and uh she was talking to a couple guys i think there was they were line linesmen not tourists but we had a lot of contractors and linesmen from all over the country uh down there living on a cruise ship while they were helping us out and, uh, and i got a little jealous and she was uh trying to make me jealous and we walked away and talked for a minute and and i left and i, I went to another another restaurant bar with some friends and she was texting me and then called and i answered and told her um but she had known that i was dating somebody but and i told her i'm having a baby and she flipped out yeah. how far along was uh uh your daughter's mother at this time i honestly don't remember two or three months so two or three so, so early on in the game. So early on. Way too early to be even talking about it to people. Yeah. 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 You usually want to wait until the first trimester is over before you, you start making announcements. But um, <laughs> where were was you? There, was there, was there <laughs> some, so so was there some part of you that was saying to yourself, um, maybe this won't go all the way through. Maybe she won't see this all the way through for you know whatever reason or anything like that. And I yeah. said that because. Um, I know a couple of people, you know, um, a good friend of mine um, who happens to be married um, with a family that got somebody pregnant on the side. And he did not tell his wife because he says, I'm not going to say nothing until the baby's actually here because... If for some reason it doesn't work all the way through, why would I tell on myself? Why, why am I going to scuttle my ship when it could still make its way to, to shore? Right? Exactly. Exactly. Do. Was there a piece of you that was saying, um, you know, maybe this, you know, for some reason won't go all the way, so I'll just keep my mouth shut for now? Um, I mean, of course, there was a part of me that was thinking that, but it was more, I think it was just more normal um, fear more normal it, it wasn't like i was hoping for anything that definitely wasn't hoping for any harm but yeah i mean the, you know in the back of your mind you always think there's a possibility whatever this is won't might not work or might not happen whatever it is whether it's work related or life or baby or, or whatever yeah. um and i think that that part that little part of me maybe was a little bit more awake than the rest of me mm -hmm. kind of open like holy shit what do i do mm -hmm. um but no i knew i i, I knew it was gonna go through uh, maybe i was in denial a little bit for for a short <laughs> yeah, um, yeah so so you break the news to to the ex-girlfriend um she loses her shit probably you know that, that creates a, a, a divergence well well he didn't dating. Say she loses her shit but uh, are you saying that clark did she lose her shit we know well, he, he said he said she she lost her shit on the phone when he when he told her <laughs> she, uh, lost, she lost her shit yeah not <laughs> yeah. Not, not like violently or angry but so she and i had broken up we had, at that point i think we it was about two years that we were on and off but she had actually left island and moved back to her home state up here um and uh had planned told me that she had no intentions of coming back and we while she was living up here uh we talked a little bit she ended up moving back to the island shortly before the hurricanes um it, it, i didn't know at the time but she moved back to try to make it work again with me and so 
um, you know, we were broken up for a while, but we were before the hurricanes, before I came back, we were still friendly and talking and enjoying each other's company. So, so all this goes down. When do you come back stateside or what, 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 what was the impetus for you to come back stateside? So, um, after that six weeks of gaining, I, I ended it. Um, <laughs> uh, and I asked and I begged to focus on co-parenting and, um, you know, let me figure out where the money's going to come from. And baby mama, uh, flipped her, her lid. Um, she comes from, um, a one parent. She, there's some abandonment issues in there. there. She comes from a one parent family, um, lost her mother at a very young age to, um, an unfortunate, um, brain aneurysm caused by some other things that, you know, would lead to abandonment issues with a child. Let's put it that way. Um, came from, you know, grew up with a, with a supportive father, but kind of a, a neglected a father who neglected to raise her with the love and support it was more like the financial support than anything else. And, um, and so when I broke up with her, there was that abandonment. Um, she even accused me of abandoning her and the baby, despite literally my words saying, I'm still here. Let's work on this. Let's figure out the co-parenting. Let's make this this happen, and maybe the relationship can come down the road. But I'm still here. Let's. And instead, the response was, "You're abandoning me and the baby." And it's kind of it was kind of the opposite. And so, so got, what, she hadn't given birth yet, though. No, no. We, this was uh, six months before, six or seven months before the birth. Um, okay. All right. And, you know, we had agreements in place about how it was going to work out during the pregnancy, where, what appointments I would attend in person, what appointments I would attend virtually um, over the phone or video or whatever. We had this entire plan set up. And so, um, but as soon as I ended the relationship to focus on all of that and my job and career and money for us, um, I got beat up for a little while and um, I couldn't have, there was no conversation possible. It was more accusations and screaming and yelling. When you say you got beat up, just to be clear, so that the people are listening understand, you weren't walking down the street and somebody beat you up. You say yeah. beating up on you. Yeah, name, name, emotionally and verbally. Right? Yeah. Emotionally and verbally, being I, I was being told what I was doing and what I was thinking. Um, not, but yeah, I, I I know the audience can't see you, but I see you smile. <laughs> um, and so, um, spent about a month like that. And um, here is the kicker. Um, you know, I take responsibility for my actions um, when I know I'm wrong. And I'm not saying that this was necessarily wrong, but I could have done something differently. And so after about a month of that, you know, I kept, I was still working from that cafe. I was still bumping into my ex and we started having a few conversations and I was single again, but about to be a father. And she wanted to be there to support me as a friend. Um, and I needed somebody to talk to. And, you know, she was my best friend for a long time. And so I turned to her and we got back together and I made the mistake of telling baby mama that I got back with my ex while she was pregnant. <laughs> so <laughs> David's face, David has no reaction. Listen. Cause so, he's just absorbing so, this so, shit. So no, I have a, I, so my initial reaction is, you know, do you prefer hurricanes or do you prefer the wrath of a woman? <laughs> Probably the hurricanes. You asking for it? You ask. Yeah. You ask for that? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> so so, tell me what it's like to be in the middle of a fucking hurricane on an island. Let's switch gears for a second. So <laughs> what's it like? The hurricane um, hits and what? So it was it was interesting. The hurricane was um, so 
every hurricane season that I lived there, they're passing by all over the Caribbean, um, but they never hit us. And so when we're getting the warnings, I didn't take it seriously because we hadn't taken it seriously the years before. And so when about two days before people start going to Home Depot and buying boards and hammers and nails to board up, most of the homes are concrete built on sides of mountains. So they're multi-level homes, just about, I'd say 90% of them. And so I didn't go, I didn't board up my windows. I didn't do anything. And now it's about 18 hours before we're supposed to get hit. And I'm, and my neighbor, who's um, a great, great guy, um, he's, he's got the contracting abilities, the boating abilities. Now he's freaking out and he's going to the store and boarding up his windows. And when he did that, then I knew it was serious and it was too late. The stores were pretty much empty. So I actually went to the other side of the island and stayed with a buddy who um, his parents were back up in the States and he was living in his parents' house and he had uh, hurricane shutters that were capable of withstanding, I think it was something like um, 250 or 300 mile an hour winds, which was exactly what we got was about 230 mile an hour winds. Um, so I stayed with him and um, we, the first hurricane, we stayed inside, it was just the two of us. We spent a lot of time on our hands and knees cleaning up water that was coming in through the, through the windows that, not the cracks, but it, you know, the windows were, when the winds were strong, the windows were, I know you can see me, but the audience can't. They were concave and bending and flexing. So it, the windows were bowing a bit and allowing, yeah, allowing water to seep in. Right. So we were Shit. scooping it up with, um, you know, the dust pan, little mini little dust pans. We were scooping yeah. water up with, with those and dumping it into buckets and um, dumping that into the sink. And then, um, so, so watching the windows bow and the sliding glass doors with the hurricane shutters in front of them, Boeing, we eventually spent about an hour, in, just the two of us in, in the back bedroom, um, hiding. There was a lot of whistling, a lot of um, kind of vibration sounds, but um, it was kind of scary. We, we, didn't, we knew we'd be okay. Um, the next day, uh, hearing in, when we finally got in my Jeep and drove around the island, driving over, the, over and around telephone poles and telephone wires, um, uh, we could see houses missing roofs, and we finally connected with a few people that we knew. and. and um, heard some really scary stories, the, the roof blowing off while they were in there, hugging the toilet, holding the mattress up against the, what used to be the door frame. My friends were living in, um, my friends from here in Connecticut actually, were living in um, Kenny Chesney's guest house um, at, on, Saint, on one of the islands. And um, they, they lived there all year round, but they had to, he wasn't there at the time, and they had two little kids with them and uh, the roof blew off of the guest house and they, in the middle of the, the eye of the storm, they had to make a run for it, drop the mattress and sprint across the property into the main house um, to, because they were losing the walls after the roof had already blown off. Um, we didn't experience any of that. The, the building I was in was mostly concrete. So we were for the most part fine. And then the after second- How many days after that did the next hurricane hit? 13. And the 13. second one, we, we, we were having a great, we drank through it. We the, the eye probably passed over Puerto Rico, which wasn't too far from us, but um, we got winds and we stood out on the porch for some of it with beers in our hands and went to sleep at nine o'clock and slept through it. Um, we did, How figured, long does the storm usually last? The worst of it was about two hours, um, but I'd say about four hours was probably the, 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 the difficult, the, the strong winds and the rains and it was about four hours and the worst of it was about an hour and a half to two hours. Um, yeah. Both both hit us at night though, so it was interesting. You know, we we see one one view of the island when it's before the sun sets, and then we wake up at five a.m. and walked around. There's after the first, there was no vegetation left. Everything was brown. Uh, very few leaves on the trees. No sounds of the birds or the cokey frogs. Or um, it, it was just kind of quiet, and the 
you could see, we had a view, we were up on top of a mountain, we had a view of the, um, where the, the cruise ships come in, the port, and, and um, the water, you know, in the Caribbean, it's crystal clear and blue. And now it's brown from all the runoff of sewage and waste and uh, dirt and mud in the, in the bay um, and cloudy. Oh, and, so, and so, go ahead, so, sir. Yeah, so um, you tell uh, your mother to be that you're getting back with uh, your um, ex girlfriend. How did she respond specifically? Because one near-death experience wasn't enough for you. Exactly. <laughs> well, I, I had the distance of a few thousand miles to, to protect me. <laughs> uh, not not well. You know, it was it was an immature decision. I was trying to. Uh, I don't know what I was thinking at that time. How old were you at the time? <laughs> thirty-six. Thirty. I think. Thirty-seven. Thirty-six. Thirty-five. All right. One of those. All right. Um, still old enough to know better, but still like, fuck it. <laughs> so she's six months away from being due, or whatever else it is. Um, when she delivers, where are you? <sighs> so um, there was a, a lot of opposition and arguing and dis attempts at discussion throughout that time from then to the to the birth. Um, uh, and I, you know, I had no say in, in anything. And so uh, this was a home, home water birth, your grandmother's house in a, in a foldable tub filled with um, water and no doctors around, just midwives. And um, uh, the, I went to one of the classes, one of the two classes I was supposed to go to, I tried to go to the second, wasn't allowed to, in, in preparation of the birth so that, you know, the, there's people there to support the birth know and understand what the procedure is and how it's going to go and what happens if this if that um and so the idea was that ahead of time that i would be one of the people there to help and support and then um she didn't feel comfortable you know of course i get it trust was kind of thrown out the window um but um you know i offered to sit on the porch sit in the driveway have the car ready grab supplies run back and forth from the grocery store just be there to help in a different way and um, eventually there was an agreement that I would be there for the active labor and, and beyond. And um, there was three hours of active labor and um, I didn't get a call until 10 minutes. And you can't predict when it's gonna happen, but I didn't get a call until she went to the, to the tub. And I was living a 20, without traffic, a 20 minute drive away at the time. So I actually missed the birth by four minutes, but I was able to get there and do skin on skin with my daughter and cut the umbilical cord, which is pretty cool. Um, and, and lay in the bed next to uh, baby mama and grandmother was there and some friends and the midwives. And I spent the next, I lived in that house for 12 or 13 days in the guest room. Um, although <laughs> although her and her grandmother were encouraging me to share the bed with her and, and the baby after the birth for the, for the first two nights, which was really sweet. Um, but I stayed in the, in the guest room. And so were you still dating your ex-girlfriend from the island during all this, or you you were? We were on and off. We were off at the time. Yeah, so you're off, you were off and again. No, and no communication, no, no discussion about that. It wasn't, it, it, it was a sore subject, so there was no need. Maybe I, I could have or should have, you know, yeah. reached out to her and said, you know, I did, I had apologized for things, but yeah. I, in the apology, I did not explain what was currently, where what my what was happening with me. She just made the assumption 
or through a friend of a friend of a friend um, heard that we had broken up and we had at one point and got back together and I didn't correct her and I just let her think that it was yeah. over, but it was so, the best way. Oh, so you just left it as, so in baby mama's mind, you were still with this girl. No, no, baby oh, no, no. she had heard that we broke up and, yeah. and I let, I let that be because the, anything I said, it said it was, there was no, there was, there was, there was no, no, no coming back from, and you figured why, why add fuel to the fire? Exactly. So, so you stayed in that house with them for 13 days. Yes. So Daniel in the lion's den, Scotty in the lion's den. What was that like? Was, was uh, there a lot of animosity still, or did things kind of subside and, you know, was there more of a focus on, on so the baby at this point? More of a focus on the baby, at least for the first few days, for sure. Uh, I mean, there's more of a focus on baby. That's all the focus was, but um, animosity developed quickly. And, um, you know, her father was in and out of the house and um, he was great and really nice. He, he typically has a very short fuse and a short temper. And um, he's well known in the community as having a temper. And, um, but, but, but everything was fine. We had great conversations and um, he could see that I was there to help and offering and, um, grandmother was making meals and I was offering to cook and I was bringing food back and things were going really well for a few days. Um, our daughter was having a hard time um, digesting and, and getting enough breast milk um, for, for a variety of reasons. Um, but before all of that happened, we, there was a discussion about uh, vaccinations and um, I, I'm for them. And um, with and she was against them wholeheartedly. And um, from that conversation on, it, things were extremely tense. And, um, it, you know, it was so bad that um, there, there were two instances, I'll, I'll tell you. So things never really changed from the pregnancy, from the way that we talked and discussed. It was still me being told what I'm thinking, what I'm doing. Um, and when I do say something, it, very little consideration was taken in for what I was offering or suggesting. And one, one example was, um, I think it was maybe the second or third day that my daughter was born. Um, this was summer, this was July, so it was really hot out. And we had a window air conditioning unit in the bedroom with the door shut to keep it cool. And it was frigid in that room and I could see my daughter sh shaking. Um, and I, I said, I think it's too cold. Um, shall we change the temperature? And she said, no, it's not cold enough. And so later that night or the next day I came in and it was the same thing, she was shivering. And I came in and I said, you know, I think it's too warm. You know, can, can we, make it a little colder. She goes, no, I don't think it's warm enough. So I literally had to use the opposite game to, to get what I thought my daughter needed, um, which was pretty shitty. Um, but it, it was the reality and I, that's not the way that we should live. But at that time, there was no other way around it. So I had to kind of deal with things from that, with that, in that mode of attack, I guess. Um, and the other example was um, her grandmother was really sweet and making dinners, most dinners for that 12 or 13 days. And, um, she's old, old school Italian, sweetest woman in the world. Um, one of the ingredients that she was using almost every meal was broccoli. And our daughter was um, already having some issues with digestion. She was burping and, and farting quite a bit at only three days old. Um, so I made a comment about how broccoli, you know, creates gas in most people. Um, she explained that it, it's, it's not an issue and it never has been. And oh, I, oh, I, but, but, but the broccoli is being eaten by the mother you're saying, and then she's passing it in through her milk. Exactly. Right. Okay. And so, um, and so, you know, I was brushed, I was brushed aside and it's not a big deal, but it kind of is when things are going on. And so nothing was taken into consideration. But 
the next day, our daughter, um, you know, baby mama comes from, a, a, she's got a, a degree, an advanced degree in um, holistic medicine and Eastern medicine. And so um, our daughter, one of the approaches to this digestion issue was to take her to a chiropractor. And I'm sure you've heard stories. There's some really great therapies out there, craniosacral and, and chiropractic, if they've worked with infants before, as long as they know what they're doing, because you can't manipulate the body too, um, too aggressively. And uh, so we took her to a chiropractor, and a chiropractor started talking about diet, diet and feeding infants. And the chiropractor happened to mention not eating cauliflower and broccoli. And suddenly that, that night at dinner, baby mama's um, announcing that she's changing her diet around wonderful great the message got across i don't care how it got across but right. the point the point of my story is you know anything that i say is not going to be taken into consideration so now how do i figure out that you know hey i actually know what i'm doing here i've worked with kids my entire teenage life i helped raise a little girl like i was a camp counselor i was a developmental psych major i know what the fuck i'm doing but let me offer some suggestions i'm not telling you to change let me let's just have a conversation and it wasn't possible all right, so tough question, right? So, why do you think that is? Why do you think it is that she, um, if you say up, she says down. If you say left, she says right. Why do you think that is? Um, because of the rejection of the relationship. I, I think that she wasn't, wasn't able to get over that. I think she convinced herself that, that I'm a bad person and, uh, that, I mean, that's, that's the summary. Okay. So do you think she's, and we're fast forwarding now because your daughter is how old now? 20 months. Right. Almost two. Does she still think you're a bad person? I think so. I think that she, well, yes and no. So I, I suppose this might be the time to transition into what the last two years has been like. And I've been ag not aggressive, but you know, I've, I've dropped 50 grand in legal fees. We, we had a two-day trial after three or four different days in court negotiating with family services just to get more parenting time, to get my name on the birth certificate, to force her to accept child support. To be, you know, These are all things that I had to push for. Um, and so whether she thinks or I think she wants me to be a bad person. I think she knows that I'm not. Um, and, and that the way that the conversations have come up, that some things she's admitted in front of the judge or in front of family services, I think it's clear that she knows I'm not but she wants me to be and uses silly examples occasionally um, to, to try to demonstrate that I, that I am. And, and so I think she knows that I'm not a bad person and I, I'm a good father and I take care of her, but doesn't want me to have the amount of time that my daughter needs with me. Um, and so she'll be a little dishonest, let's, let's say. <laughs> so, so, so I'm going to say right now, right? There's a whole bunch of people that are going to say, force her to take child support the fuck is he talking about force her to take child support when you say force her to take child support what do you mean by that okay so maybe and maybe i, I probably should clarify in case this ever get gets to her um what happened <laughs> what what happened was before she refused to put me on birth certificate before the birth and after the birth um and then after the birth we agreed together to do a paternity test um and so I waited, so I did have actually, I did have an opportunity to sign it after she was born, but I decided not to sign. I said, let's wait till we do this paternity test in front of the midwife. She said, okay. And then refused again to let me, once the paternity test came back two weeks later, refused to let me be on the birth certificate. And so- well, well, let me hold you there now. Did you have any idea or any thought that this child might not be yours, which is why you didn't sign the birth certificate? 
I believed that the child was mine. However, there was so much dishonesty and so many false accusations and so much lack of communication and discussion that yes, I thought that it was possible that it might not be mine. But then again, considering the amount of stress that she, that she induced on us um, and the, the amount of fight that she had put forth with me, you know, I probably should have realized that she wouldn't be putting this much effort and this much hate in, towards me had I not been the, the father. Uh, well, let me just... I've seen more episodes to the opposite, but, you know, because you you absolutely do see situations where somebody's putting forth that, that energy and that hate and that stress on somebody who isn't the dad. But, you know, to your point, if you didn't go there, they can't call your name, right? Right. So, and, and just, you know, for clarity for people, um, if you sign the birth certificate, um, even if the paternity test comes back and says you're not the father, you can't get out of it. That's the law. You Once can get you can get out of it. You just have to use the courts to get out of it. Really? Okay. In yeah. New York, no. If you it specifically says on that piece of paper that you sign and send in, if you sign this as the father, you are acknowledging that you are the father, even if a paternity test comes back and says you are not. So my attorney mentioned something like that to me, but in Connecticut, it's, it's different. Yeah, it varies state by state. Was, I was advised that it was easier to not sign first. Um, but if I did sign, it would have been okay. We would have been able to get myself out of it. So, so how did she feel about that, though, about you not signing the birth certificate at the opportunity that you had to or that you could have? I don't know. A, a year and a half, I think she was embarrassed in front of the midwife. Um, a year and a half later, she used it against me in front of the judge on, on trial using that as my as the as the one single example of me not wanting to be on the birth certificate and the judge laughed it off and said you know so he wanted to make sure that he's the dad like so what um but meanwhile you know i have six text messages saying i'm never going to have you on the birth certificate i already found somebody else to call dad for her to call dad like you know she didn't want me on there um and i had to use the courts to to get on there I, so i don't know how she felt but i know that she was angry um i don't know so then to force her to take child support, let's circle so, back to that. So yeah, back to that. So um, during that time, after the, the day that I didn't sign, that I had the opportunity to sign and didn't, from that time on, um, I wanted to transfer money to her for a few things. I wanted to just give her some cash, but I didn't want to give cash. I didn't want to give a handwritten check. I wanted to transfer money electronically so that I had a record. You know, I had the foresight to predict that this shit was going to get worse and I was right. And so I wanted it on record. So I was asking for a PayPal account. She had blocked me on Venmo so she wouldn't take money from me and um, wouldn't give me a PayPal info or her bank info. And so I'd sent a couple emails, um, text messages, a handwritten letter, talked to her father, explaining that, you know, I'm trying to give money. And so when I finally realized that this is not getting better and, and um, submit, uh, filed in the courts for um, joint legal custody, um, she submitted in response to my my request for joint legal custody before we went to court. Uh, she and her attorney su submitted a request for child support into the courts, which you know we were going to address obviously anyway. You know I had all the proof that I had been trying to give money. I had money put aside to give to her after that all worked out. So when I say force, I mean I was going to court, taking her to court to be a dad to do everything that that entails. But in fact, she filed the the request for child support before we had a chance to address it when we were in court. So 
while all this is going on, well, firstly, how long did this, this back and forth go on in order to you know, get some sort of parenting and pay schedule set up? To get some sort of parenting? The, yeah, the, even a baseline agreement. So the first time we went to court, I think it was November 15th, 2018. So my daughter was four months old, a little over four months old. Um, that's when in that first visit with court, she had, uh, baby mama had a different attorney, one that was a little more, um, she, she was, the, the, her original attorney was supportive of the idea of us getting eventually to 50-50. And um, she was fired after the first time in court um, because of that. But um, so at that first visit, we, we agreed together on 50-50 medical decision-making, uh, joint legal custody with mom as custodial, um, and a few other things. I, I don't remember what, you know, a child support guideline, um, so a number, a, a set number of visits per week without a schedule, because the idea was that it would, it would, um, give us more opportunity to talk and discuss and work things out to get those four visits a week. Um, and with that, you know, we can figure out how long for each visit on our own. The idea was to naturally Create dialogue. Yeah, exactly. And, and approve dialogue too. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and that didn't go well because the next visit, then we had to actually specify days and hours and dry, uh, yeah. So just kind of continued to go downhill with progress with visitation and parenting time. So were you, were you seeing your daughter during this time? So during those first four months and then, you know, between those two. I was, but there was two period, two extended periods where I wasn't allowed to come over. One was 13 days and one was nine days. And then the rest were you know, two to five days. Yeah. So, so granted she's own, she's, you know, a little over a year, so, but so those are relative, but those are still relatively short periods of, of inactivity or disagreement. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. But with a four month old, it feels like a lot longer. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So you guys are in court, you're having these conversations, you know, trying to get to a plan. Do you guys have an established plan now? Yes, we did a two-day trial. Um, the the judge ruled in favor of the proposal that was in the best interest of our child, and um, <clears throat> and it's currently I don't know how much it, it's currently under appeal in the appellate appellate court. Um, I, obviously, uh, I'm not the one appealing the decision. Um, things are doing are going great. Okay, that, that, no, hold on, that's not obvious. But okay, now we know. Yeah, yeah <laughs> not obvious. But now we know. So yeah, I've got overnights. Um, once a week. Um, I've got alternating weekends uh, with my daughter um, from uh, Saturday and Sundays from eight to four each day and come middle of April that will become um, alternating weekends from 8 a.m. Saturday to 4 p.m. Sunday with that overnight. Then come January 1st it'll be 8 a.m. Saturday to 10:30 a.m. Monday and then come start of daycare school or school it'll be Friday afternoon pickup through Monday morning alternating weekends with every Wednesday night and Monday morning. So things are going going great. My daughter's spent quite a few nights already, I think seven or eight nights here, sleeps 10 to 11 and a half hours straight through the night. It's crazy, um, which is kind of the opposite of what I was told. I was told she never sleeps through the night, but um, she, she's comfortable. She's learned the house. She's got her own bedroom. I, I was showing Clark last night, I think. I don't know if I showed you actually. I decorated the, her room with um, 
some wall decals. Did you even know those existed? They're massive. Like the big giant ones? Yeah. Yeah, massive stackers that yeah. don't ruin the paint and you don't need thumbtacks. So I've got Wonder Woman, Mickey, Pluto, Minnie, uh, Daisy and Donald's and, uh, and Simba and Pumbaa and Timba all up on, on the wall. Um, so she loves it. it so things are, are much are, are definitely much better um, they are in fact what not not the best interest of my daughter but they're better interest than what how they were before so um, a couple of things right uh, and I'm gonna do the toughest first right and I know the comments that are gonna come right they're gonna say David when you interview women you go hard on the women and I need you to ask the guys tough questions too, right? Um, so here's a tough question, right? You ready? Stretch. No, okay. I'm not. Stretch and work right. out. Right. Can you hear my back cracking? Yeah, <laughs> I hear it. I hear it. I went to the gym this morning to prep for this. Okay. Right, so um, how much do you think um, taking her history, her baggage, her stuff out of it, right? I sit here and I listen. Um, you know, you tell her that you're going back, well, you, you know, you rejected her for the relationship, right? You tell her in the middle of her pregnancy that she's going, that you're going back with the girlfriend. Um, uh, you didn't sign the birth certificate for whatever reason at that moment in time, right? How much of that behavior that we have heard here today, and I'm pretty sure there's other stuff, you know, that happened, like these are the big ticket items do you believe attributed to how she treats you now? All of it. I think that those are in fact the exact factors that affect her, her opinion of, of me. Um, I think that she's only, however, only focused on those. And I think that she has the right to focus on those. Um, but I wish that she would also take into consideration everything else. Okay, but, yeah. so let me stop you right there. No, no, let me stop but, you right there. Because I feel the same way. I have done and said some fucked up shit also. <laughs> but I say to myself, all right, Ma, come on. I'm sorry. But focus, yeah. focus on this shit right here. Check this yeah. out right here, though. Check right. this out right here, Ma. Come on. Check this out right here. Yeah. So, I, like, I laugh because especially when I have three guys on. Like, it, yeah. it's the male. We're going to get to that, too. Yeah, go ahead. We're not going to too quick because go I'm going to circle to the three guys here, the three amigos, right? Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Do your thing. So, so if you add in that, right, and then you add in the fact that, and you know, the women talk about this all the time, it is a real thing, right? As much as I hate to, to deny it, it is a real, so listen, let me tell you a story, right? Um, my son's mother, um, after she had peed on a stick a week, wants to have a serious conversation with me about starting a child fund for our son, right? And I said to her, listen, you just peed on the stick. This is, I, I said this, I said this. You just peed on the stick a week ago. How about we get through the first trimester and we focus on having a happy, healthy baby before we start talking about a college fund? Because who knows if this motherfucker is going to go to college? Who knows what the fuck his aspirations are going to be? <laughs> Let's get through having a happy. And she went the fuck off. Off. Off on me. 
you ain't this, you ain't that. That's not what a man does. You leader, you ain't no leader, and all this other sort of shit. And you know, I just took it on the chin and went on about my fucking business, right? Because I said to myself, all right, maybe there's some hormone stuff going on here. Right. So if you add in <laughs> what you brought to the table, plus the hormones, on a scale of one to ten, what would you give her? with respect to, all right, let me give her a pass. Um, let me try to do something, you know, or let me try to, do, so I'm of, this, I'm of this opinion, right? If a guy is with a woman for 10 years and he cheats on her for 10 years, well, sorry, let me just say, guys, see, I'm being sexist right here. Myself. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm waiting to see where this is going. Like, they can't see my face. I'm intently like, let me stop that bullshit. Right. <laughs> let's, let's see where this is going. Person in a relationship is cheating on another person for about 10 years. Right. Yeah. Um, and then he comes and he says, all right, I'm sorry. I'm not cheating no more. Um, I'm going to do the right thing from now on. You know, you should forgive me. I believe that it requires 10 years of good behavior or at least five, half that time before. If you were smoking crack for 10 years, you can't go to rehab and say, okay, this time I got it right. I'm going to fucking do it right. Don't worry about it. You can put your pocketbook down in front of me. No, motherfucker. I'm not putting my pocket down in front of you until you have been out of rehab and not smoke crack for at least five years of that 10 years before I put my pocket <laughs> down. So that's my question to you. Do you think she owed some time to get her arms around the trust with you? So, of course. However, there with an infant, with a newborn, you don't have that fucking, you don't have that time. There is no opportunity. You have to be able to put that shit to the side. You can fucking hate me as much as you want. If I, but what's important right now is, is our daughter. And yes, Good I point. get. Good point. And yes, yeah. I understand. And I wholeheartedly agree that a, a baby, an infant needs their mother more than the father. Absolutely. There's no, you know, nature versus nurture. There's no argument there, but you still got to put that shit aside and put, do what's in the best interest of the child and work it out on the side or when there's time. Um, and so let your problem with me be with me, not with our child. Right. That's what you hate, hate me all you want, but you know, let, let, me be, let me be a father, you be the mother and we can be parents together. Yes. Okay. That's fair. You're absolutely right. I am with you on that. Let me ask you another question. How do you feel about raising a girl versus raising a boy? Did you have Ooh. any idea what you wanted, a boy or a girl? And so, uh, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I just, I was excited about this one. By the way, um, your, your comment earlier about the peeing on the stick the, the, and the hormones, um, <laughs> I remember, you, I, you've, I think you mentioned that and talked about it. I'm, I'm positive you did another one of your episodes. Yeah. It, resonated. it resonated. And I'm pretty sure that that day, either I had to stop the listening or I stopped for gas or whatever it was because I had some time to think about, or I just stopped listening to you guys talk and just thought about that subject for a little while. But that resonated for a while because it brought up some fucking, some memories. <laughs> we, we, we have all been there. <laughs> we yeah. have all been there with the hormones. So, um, uh, so this is what I was saying to friends. Um, I was saying that I hope 
I hope it's a healthy child, obviously, you know, maybe it's not obvious, but I, I hope that it's a healthy child. I would, if I have a preference and a choice, I would prefer the girl because I think, I believe that girls are easier when they're younger until puberty and boys are just fucking terrors and just break shit and climb on things and jump down stairs and jump off their bed and jump up, you know, until they hit puberty and then their focus is sports and girls. So, um, so far, I'm right. She's really easy. My, my daughter is super easy. See, and, and it's funny because when I went through it and I had, like, I had my girls, I think the first one I was like, yeah, you know, I want a boy because that, that male ego and it's like, I, I want somebody who's going to walk in my, walk in my footsteps and, and, you know, follow my direction and, and ultimately be greater than I am. And then I had these girls and I'm like, oh, shit. It's still all of that, and it's still, for them, it was still that rambunctious behavior. Like, my daughters would would fist fight in the living room, you know, and set up, like, little boxing rings and break shit. Or, you know, my middle one, like, woke up in the middle of the night and created a crossbow. <laughs> like, you know, out of, they are boys. <laughs> they're, they're worse, like, real talk. They are, ah, in some ways, worse than any little boy. It. Because they're also devious, you know. Like little girls are far. I I think are tend to be a lot more cerebral with the shit they do. So so we've been at this for a little while, right? Um, and we need to sort of wind down. Uh, but uh, let's get some closing um, uh, comments from you. And I know I think I know what Clark is going to ask, as he usually does. So go ahead, Clark. I, actually, I I'm thinking about where you are now. Do you think that there will be some growth between the two of you? Not necessarily for a relationship, but to, to be able to co-parent in a healthy and, and functional way. Do you ever think you'll get to the Will Smith, Jada Pickett Smith, <laughs> other parents type of relationship? Mm -hmm. um, do you ever think you're going to get there? No, but, but back to Clark's question, yes. Your, but to your question, no, fuck no. It's just not, <laughs> not, her, not in the DNA. And, um, I, I hope, I, I absolutely hope we get there. But in order for me personally, not to make this about myself, but emotionally, mentally, um, professionally, for me to be successful and, and happy in life, I need to lower my expectations. I can have high hopes, but if I increase my expectations, then I'm constantly going to be disappointed. So, um, so yes, I hope we can get there. Um, however, back to Clark's question, yes, there, there is progress. In fact, we had a, a minor negotiation going on last night with this coronavirus um, going around. You know, you talked earlier about <clears throat> schools being shut down. My daughter's not in school yet, but companies are also shutting down, not necessarily shutting down operations, but they're transitioning operations to have that, their staff that are capable of working from home, working from home. And um, our office, my, my office is, I'm in sales. So I'm one of those that is capable of working from home in the next two weeks and most likely will be. And so I reached out to ask for extended uh, parenting times around my already predetermined schedule. And um, although it's not what I asked for, it was, a, it was a compromise. And it's the first compromise that we've had. I consider this major now that I think about it because it's the first real compromise that we've done without a mediator without a, a lawyer without paying somebody else fucking 350 dollars an hour to help and um and there is i mean i know 
in, in the background, I, I know that the Tuesday that she's giving me, which I normally don't have, she probably has two or three appointments she needs to go to. So she's going to drop my daughter off and, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a glorified babysitter, but it's still a win because my daughter gets to spend more time with me and I get to spend more time with her. So things are already improving in the midst, in the midst of an appeal with the appellate courts that will, will be denied for, I, it's, it's going to be denied, unfortunately, for her. But um, it's, this is great. It's progress. And yep. uh, if things continue like this, I mean, my daughter's a little under two years old. By the time she's five, we might be in a, in a good place. And I hope we are. But again, my expectations, back to your question, Dave, uh, are low. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, looking back on it, is there anything you would have done differently? Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe sucked up some pride and dignity a little more. I mean, okay, all right, now stop right there. Go ahead, zero in on that. Zero <laughs> in on that. And 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 talk about it like you're talking to our female listeners. So, to, no matter how irrational I believed and I perceived the her, her behaviors and her responses and her decision making to be, um, I did not have to respond with opposition to opposition and you know if i was capable in the first four days of my daughter's life to figure out how to get the fucking temperature of the room a little bit warmer so that my daughter wasn't shivering at four days old then i probably could have figured out how to negotiate um, myself a little bit in, in conversation to um, get us to a healthier place in communication however um you know, being told what I'm thinking, what I'm doing, when it's not we kind of, you know, was a little, we might have set me off a little bit. Right. And, and uh, you, you know, I've got a fantastic attorney who, who has a, um, a, a little bit, puts a little bit of focus on relationships and communication in addition to his legal expertise. And he has no problem pointing out to me what I've done wrong with our responding to emails and, and texts. And, uh, uh, yeah, I, I definitely could have done some things better. Yeah, yeah. it's interesting as, as you as you spell as you spell it out, you know, and in the conversations I have with women and David, you you can comment on this too. And I know we're trying to wrap up, but think about the the word that keeps coming up: pride. That a, a lot of the decisions that we make as men come from that that idea ego or that idea of you know drawing that line in the sand so right. oh clark so clark hold on to that thought right yeah. because um i want all of us to stay on and follow up with that thought i want to close this particular episode out but then i want everybody <laughs> who's listening to circle back with us for us doing another couple of minutes on uh masculinity let's go in the modern day and age? In the modern day and Damn age. Right, can I, I'd be a part of this? Masculinity yes, in sir. The modern day and age. Um, so, Clark, uh, call to action. So, ladies, gentlemen, and consenting adults, thank you again for joining us for the Single Dad Why You Mad podcast. We appreciate all of our listeners, all of our subscribers. Make sure to keep telling your friends. You know, we are out here on all of the major podcast formats. We are on social media. We have a YouTube page. Make sure to spread the word. We love you and appreciate you. David, anything from you? 
single dad, why you mad? Single dad, why you mad? Single dad, why you mad? Single dad, why are you mad? Single dad, why 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 you mad?